You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. The Lacrosse Alpha Burley Pro is 100% waterproof from top to bottom. They're great for crossing creeks and walking through wet grass. As we all know, if your foot becomes wet during a hunt, you might as well call that hunt over. Pick up a pair of Alpha Burley Pros today and check out their website at lacrossefootwear.com. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration on all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 23, where we talk with Lee Harrison from Seek Outside. Hello guys, Adam here with the Transition Wild Podcast, coming at you on the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network. Thanks again for tuning in, love you guys, and really appreciate the support. Uh, like what you're hearing, uh, definitely loving the five star reviews that we're getting on iTunes, Stitcher, across all platforms. So that means a lot. Thanks again for the reviews. Thanks again for the emails. Thanks again for following me on social media, all that stuff. Really like it. Really dig it, and love hearing from you guys. So um, keep it up. Keep uh, keep up the questions. I uh, love hearing from the listeners. Uh, make sure you're following Sportsman's Nation on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, uh, they got a new video vlog on YouTube, so check that out too. Um, subscribe. Also, check out transitionwild.com. I'm still doing the um, freebie right now. If you subscribe to the website, I send you the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. All you got to do is give me your email. I'm not going to spam you. I swear to God, I won't do it. Uh, give me your email, subscribe, and uh, the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide is really just an, kind of gets you off and going, walks you through where to hunt, uh, when to hunt, scouting, gear, uh, packing list, lots of resources, and most importantly, inspiration. So for the guys and gals that are getting ready to go on their first archery hunt here in just a few weeks, um, definitely make sure you go over and subscribe. It's a really good resource to get you off and running. So go do that. Um, I can't believe we're only a couple weeks here from the season. It always comes up so fast and, uh, I'm just getting last minute things around, getting my gear prepped. I, uh, I've been shooting a lot, so I've been kind of really working out those 50, 60, and even up to 70 yards. I've been practicing just to get more comfortable, make those 20 yard shots feel like a, like a chip and, um, you know, checking trail cameras still been out hiking. And recently I just completed my very first 
race. Um, I didn't start with a 5K. I didn't start with a 10K. I went straight for a half marathon. And uh, <laughs> I've been training all summer. I, I, I've, I've kind of touched on it a little bit on previous episodes, but I have been training a lot, been running a lot. And really the reason I signed up for it was to kind of get my ass in shape for elk season. And because uh, we all know hunting eight, nine, ten thousand, eleven thousand feet is not easy when you got a weighted pack. You got high elevation, uh, steep terrain, less oxygen, all those factors combined. If you're not on your game, it's uh, it's it hurts and it's not very much fun. So I've I've been running all summer, pounding the trails, putting on the miles, and uh, did the first race this past weekend from Ure to Ridgeway, 13 miles. It was really fun and uh, a pretty pretty opening experience. It wasn't so much about the cardio like I had that dialed it was it's more along the lines of can your body take the pounding and the beating and uh you know fortunately for me I felt like the preparation was there so I uh everything went pretty smooth so again a lot of fun I don't know if I'll do it again just because I've had to spend so much time running that I don't think that's the best way to prepare for elk season like I think it's like you need a little bit of mix of everything like some weighted packs and you know weightlifting and then obviously cardio and and just a lot of cross kind of fitness training just in general so running is certainly good but I think there's other aspects to it as well that I think I'll concentrate a little bit more on next year but nonetheless I'm, I'm ready to go um Right now, I'm just kind of concentrating on more some weighted pack hikes and uh, working in the boots, making sure I'm not going to get any blisters, strengthening up the ankles, all that stuff. So it's here. Uh, it's only two weeks two weeks away, and I cannot wait. Um, actually, it's less than two weeks, so <laughs> it's, it's getting close. Can't wait to kick things off. Um, enough about that stuff. Today, we have Lee Harrison from Seek Outside on the show, and they're a local company here in Colorado, makers of backpacks, tents, lightweight teepees, tarps, um, you know, even sleeping pags and stuff like that. If you're a backcountry kind of solo hunter or you're looking to maybe kind of go that route for this year or, you know, certainly next year, this is this is definitely a jam-packed episode, kind of an overview of their products, what makes them different. We get into a little bit of strategy as well, like, you know, where to set up, how to use the equipment. So it's really just a, a fun episode. And uh, again, they're a local company here in Grand Junction, Colorado, just a couple hours from where I'm at right now. And um, so, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. And thanks again for tuning in. Let's get Lee Harrison on the line. All right. Well, on the line with us now, we have Lee Harrison from Seek Outside. How's it going today, man? It's going good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Been wanting to link up with you here for a while now and just hear more about your story and Seek Outside. And and uh, now that we're getting close to elk season, I've I've got the itch even more. So <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to talk yeah. some hunting and some hunting products. That sounds good to you. Oh, dude, sounds great! It's like my number one conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I know working in the in the quote unquote industry, it's it's like you're always talking to everyday hunters and people who are as passionate about it as as you are, which is which is always fun. It makes it interesting and and uh, keeps it keeps it real because that's that's who we are. We're we love love the outdoors and hunting, and I'm sure you feel the same way about your job and your position there. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I freaking love it over here, and 
you're right. Like I get to talk to a bunch of people just about hunting and fishing and it's, it's pretty awesome. I couldn't really ask for anything better. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, are you getting pumped here for, for elk season? Are, are you an archery hunter? Are you going to head out here in a couple of weeks in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll be heading out August 23rd and we can get into all sorts of, of, uh, strategy type things on this because <laughs> i've never done it this way before but i'll be heading out like two days a day and a half before i can even uh let an arrow fly before the season opener and i'm doing it just to kind of trick my brain a little bit so i'm a little i so i just slow down a little bit and i'm not so hi i gotta go gotta go see what's over that ridge you know it's just uh, making myself sit down class and really take the time to to look for uh for some big mule deer which is which is what i got a tag for oh nice so you're hunting mule deer and that's uh that's interesting that you say that because i find myself like the same way especially when i'm getting into maybe like a week hunt or a longer weekend hunt it's really tough to disconnect in today's kind of society and era of social media the internet computers phones all that stuff so it's kind of tough to kind of unwind and get in that zone so that's actually really cool that you're going out like a couple days before to kind of like you know get in that element right and that's kind of like what you're thinking and then get set up and kind of take your time instead of like rushing into it and like trying to trying to make things happen uh you know kind of pushing it that way is that is that kind of your thought process behind all that yeah yeah like i've always been very you know, go, go find them type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then a few years ago, I went on my first black bear hunt. I just had, like here in Colorado, it's the spot and stock thing. I mean, it's doable. I'm sure guys do it every year, you know, and, and they have success, but um, I just haven't. And so I tried the whole, you know, sit and wait type thing. And that's just, so hard for me yeah. <laughs> but now that you know now that i've got you know some quite a quite a bit of years of of experience under my belt it's kind of like you know what i kind of like sitting in glass in there it's kind of relaxing and i'm not doing really i'm not doing a whole lot you know i'm just sitting here looking through binoculars and looking at great country and and uh kind of kind of work myself into a process where I think I could find animals fairly, fairly well. And, and yeah, I kind of, I really enjoy it now where I used to not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always that thing. And I I know that's, it's kind of how I've been, uh, especially the first year or even last year too. I found myself getting into it. It's like, I, I know these certain spots and it's like, I got to hike in there and I got to get there as quick as possible. And I'm just beelining it right towards this spot. And it's, and when you think you, know, you step back and you think about that, it's 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 elk or deer or whatever can be anywhere along that path, and there's plenty of other spots between. So I I've kind of taken that approach as well to kind of step back and be like, all right, I I need to be in the zone from the start and not just try to beeline it towards a certain area or think you got to rush in there. And um, you know yeah. I think it suits you better uh, for sure and kind of being more aware of your surroundings. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I always, a, a big question I, I always get asked by, like, customers or whatever is, like, how do I, 
how do I best attach my weapon to my backpack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got to answer honestly, right? Because I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, you know, <laughs> I don't really know the best way firsthand because it ne- almost never leaves my hand. Like when I'm walking in, you know, yeah. and especially like if I'm walking out and I'm packing an elk out and I, for some reason, have a bear or deer tag, you bet your ass I would also harvest a deer at the same time that I'm packing <laughs> an elk out. Like, like if I get the opportunity and uh, unless I'm like way back and I'm like, there's no way I could pack out both of these animals, you know, but yeah. like if a good enough opportunity presents itself, yeah, I would definitely uh, stick a buck or whatever else. Well, I've got another animal that I'm packing out. So I'm just like, I don't know what's the best way to, to put it on a, on a pack. Like I can tell you some pretty good ways that, that I've heard work or that I've seen work. Um, but firsthand, no clue. Cause I usually <laughs> always carry, I usually always carry my, my bow going in to a place to and from like always just cause I don't know, just something I was always told as a kid, like, there could be animals anywhere. You don't really know. You just have an idea and you're just following that idea. Right? Yeah. You got to be prepared. I, I do the same thing. So, um, no. you mentioned as a kid, you know, kind of doing that. How, how did you get into hunting? When, when did you start? Um, and maybe tell us where you grew up and how you got started with, with hunting in general. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually grew up in rifle Colorado, which in the grand scheme, grand scheme of things, is not too uh, far from you or from from where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, it's kind uh, of smack dab uh, in the middle of both of us. Too. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> but I grew up there, and um, you know, had an awesome, a lot of awesome opportunities actually for for public land access. Um, I killed my first bull like 15 minutes from the house. Um, and, you know, it just, yeah, I mean, that was like life. It was just like, it was 15 minutes to the nearest, uh, you know, fishing area or to the nearest hunting area. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the person who got me into all that, of course, um, I, was, I think most people, is, whether it be their parents or grandparents, like their dad or their granddad, um, not saying that women can't do it too, but you know, um, their, their stories are, you know, their women teach their sons and daughters how to hunt too. But for me, it was mostly my dad. Um, um, and yeah, he was just, he was really cool to learn from someone who had done it all of his life as well. Um, and you know, he, he worked in Wyoming there for a while. Um, and even Colorado is kind of like a part-time guide and, uh, was like a ranch hand in Wyoming and, and just kind of with this like cowboy hunter trapper lifestyle. Um, and just, I'm blessed that he passed that on to me because it's a, it's a hell of a time. Yeah. But he's got some pretty cool stories. And, and for me, you know, when I moved out here from Michigan, I was so used to hunting, you know, 10 acre to 300 acre chunks of land, you know, with heavy, heavy pressure. And you're basically confined by these walls of, of these private land boundaries. And when I came out to Colorado, it's just so much, 
terrain and, and it's so vast and I'm sure, you know, that's a completely different experience growing up and just being able to kind of park your truck and, and start walking into an area and have so much to explore on. That's, that's gotta be pretty cool to grow up with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Just to kind of like give a comparison. Um, I worked for an area, um, for the DOW, a specific wildlife area called the Garfield, Garfield Creek state wildlife area. Um, and that's like 1300 acres. Yeah just the wildlife area and then you know and then some of it backs up to blm and national forest and and all that's public and all you know it's all public access and um so i mean that that just kind of like puts it in perspective and sometimes i even need to hear that once or twice again you know like you know it's not always the case with that public access stuff which is which is a big deal for for me personally um protecting like public access and in public land so yeah exactly yeah it's it's so important and um i actually think i saw the owner of your company i went to a bha uh event in denver i think this last winter i didn't meet him but i I recognized him and he was there at the event so i know you guys are pretty strong supporters of that and uh you know every sportsman should be because it's an important topic in in the heat of the moment here yeah yeah um yeah, and it, it's a big, it's a big uh, kind of driver for our company too. Um, you know, we we donate a lot to BHA and do a lot of different things with them. Um, you know, we have like these BHA membership packages where if you sign up for a lifetime membership for BHA, you can choose a different level of package um, that will also give you a seek outside backpack or TP or or combination of the two. So. Wow, that's really cool. We like we like doing that with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not a lot of people know about that, except for like you know, people who are who are in it already. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I mean it's a good option if you're looking to uh, to get some seek outside stuff and uh, you know support BHA and uh, who's a really great conservation organization. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was on your website a little earlier, and I saw that you guys are also involved with 2% for Conservation, um, which yep, Dan yep. Johnson of the Sportsman's Nation podcast network, um, the founder of that, he he has Sportsman's Nation as 2% for Conservation certified, which is where this podcast is launched through that platform. So um, that's yeah. pretty cool as well that you guys, when did, when did you guys get that um, uh, status for 2%? I think last year was like our legitimate, um, like status, like business member status. Yeah. Um, but we had always kind of worked with them and always kind of worked with the, with, uh, with our contact there, um, over the years. But la- I think last year is when we obtained that actual status. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Um, so how, so how did you tell me, how did you get involved with seek outside? Is that some, uh, company that you've known obviously, cause it's pretty close to home or, um, just connections or tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so it's, I like the story myself, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, some people are probably like, yeah, whatever. But, um, anyways, I was I, like, just graduated from college um in 2017 actually so it's not that long ago uh, may of 2017 is when i graduated and then 
I went straight into working for the company. I kind of had an internship at prior and then worked part-time. And then once I graduated, I worked full-time for uh, a local real estate company doing real estate marketing. And uh, soon figured out after going full-time and doing it for 40 hours a week, um, figured out that didn't really like doing that and uh, didn't really like uh, some of the people that I worked with a lot of great realtors out there um, and also there's a few just uh, kind of money hungry ones and and um, I'm not real into that you know yeah um, yeah so you know I was like I gotta I gotta get it I gotta get out of here and, and do something in the outdoor industry um, preferably like in the hunting or fishing realm and um, I I had, I had heard of Speak Outside before and, you know, looked into their products. But to be honest with you, I did not know until, like, the July of after I graduated that they were in Grand Junction. I always kind of written it off as, like, out of state, Montana. Yeah. Um, but then one day they posted something, and I just went to their profile just to kind of look around. And then that's when I noticed that they were in Grand Junction. And I was like, oh, crap. And I had to like read it twice. I had to like make sure. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, I didn't even know. So then, like, I sent him an email, um, just like the regular old info at Seek Outside. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, I was like, hey, if you guys are looking for a marketing guy, here's what I can do for you. And here's, you know, kind of some stuff that I've done. Here's where I work now. And, and let me know. And so he called me in for an interview and went in and, I had a good chat with Angie and Becca. Um, and then it was kind of like unspoken. Like, they were like, oh, how much do you make? And I told them, and they're like, really? That's it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we could do a little bit better than that. And then they were like, yeah, so, so we would love for you to start. Just let us know when. And, you know, nothing written, nothing, nothing, nothing on paper. Nothing super formal. No, yeah. yeah, no, no real, like, and this is a kind of, this is the way it was kind of described to me by the people who I had looked to for like outside confirmation, <laughs> you know, you know, you always like ask your, you know, your friends and family or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they were like, you know, like, Oh, well, does it come with benefits? And I was like, well, I don't really know. Or, <laughs> you know, are you going to get paid a whole lot more? And I was like, you know, I don't really know the exact number. You know, I don't really know. And then, uh, like I slept on it for a night and the next day I walked into work and I was like putting in my two weeks. They're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, whatever. Um, but I just knew like, if I didn't, if I didn't put in my two weeks, I didn't like go for it. Something would have happened. And I wouldn't have like got my, yeah, you'd have missed the opportunity. Job, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, it really, you know, if someone was like someone last year, before I graduate, they're like, Lee, what do you want to do? I, I would now hand them like a piece of paper with my job description on it. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Cause yeah. And so it really is a dream gig for me. And, and, uh, yeah, Angie and, and Kevin have been awesome to me and just, you know, welcomed me onto the team. Now it's been almost a year. Um, that I've been here. I pretty much started right after I came off the mountain from a labor day 
um, weekend elk hunt. Yeah. Kind of just like rolled in and like freshly showered and <laughs> off the mountain. And I was like, let's go. And, uh, that's kind of how it all went down. But yeah, long story long. That's how I, that's how I got service. You guys on. Yeah, I've loved it every step of the way. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool, man. How you how you kind of just reached out and went for it. And honestly, I have a very similar story with working for Quiet Cat. When I decided that I wanted to move to Colorado, I kind of started looking at different companies. And I was doing I was doing mm-hmm. the whole interviewing thing. I was flying out from Michigan to Colorado, and I was doing interviews for these kind of like bigger corporations that. Um, you know, like LED lighting companies and solar companies and stuff, kind of the industry that I was previously in, but it wasn't really my Mm -hmm. passion. Right. And then, and then I started looking at, uh, different outdoor companies and I was like, man, uh, I've heard of quiet cat and I've seen their ads and stuff. And, but I didn't know they were in Colorado. So when I found that out, kind of like what you did with seek outside that they were, you know, close to where I wanted to live. Um, you know, I did the same thing. I sent in an email to the generic info with, uh, with my resume and be like, here's what I have to offer. I'm moving out. I would love to, you know, work with you guys. And, um, you know, long story short, kind of made it happen. And if I wouldn't have sent the email, just like if you wouldn't have sent the email or kind of reached out on a whim, um, it would have never happened, right? So you kind of paved your own destiny, and if you go for it and you follow your passion, you never know what's going to come of it. And um, I think that's really cool because, again, I have a similar story, and that's that's pretty neat to hear. You went for it and made it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like you know, I feel like a lot of people who work in the rec industry, you know, or the or the outdoor industry now, kind of have that like have a similar story because we're all like super passionate about what we do and and about you know our our uh, hobbies or, or whatever you want to call it um so i feel like a lot of stories are like that man but it's just so cool to hear them every single time they get told yeah well life is short and if you can follow your passions and work in an industry you love and do something you love it's it's uh pretty hard to call it work on a on a day-to-day basis oh yeah uh, so that's pretty oh, fun yeah. Um, tell yeah. tell us a little bit about Seek Outside. If you can just kind of give myself and and the listeners here kind of just a general overview of of what Seek Outside is, and you know maybe what products you make. Just give, give us the kind of big picture yeah. and talk to us about some of the products. Yeah, so um, you know we're a family started, owned, operated company, and. Uh, um, like I said, Kevin and, and Angie Tim, they, they own the company and they started it basically out of their, out of their basement in, uh, in the Ray Ridgeway area. And, um, yeah, now we employ like 25, 26, 27, some odd people. Um, wow. and you know, mo- most of them are, are sewers and, and, uh, they all work right here in the, in the office that I work in. Like, I walk out my door, there's the sewing floor, and they're all out there and just hammering out great gear, um, which is, you know, uh, lightweight TP tents, uh, pyramid hybrids, you know. If you're if you're familiar with the, the mid, quote-unquote, um, style of shelter, um, backpacks, titanium stoves, um yeah, just tons of lightweight backcountry gear and and um, 
Yeah, I think everyone here, hands down, loves what they do. Oh yeah! Again, it comes come back to the to the passion thing. Wow, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize uh, you guys had that many people working for you, and um, I believe everything is made right there um, in Grand Junction. So everything's made in the U.S., correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, the stoves are actually cut and bent over in Delta, Colorado, but that's just a hop, skip, and a jump from where where we're at here. Yeah. Um, actually, Angie just picks them up on her way to the office. When she comes home from from uh, Tim South is what she calls it. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so is that is that a kind of a big differentiator between you know some of these other companies like made in the USA? It's like all high quality gear. I believe some of your stuff is built to order, or maybe some all of it is kind of built to order. So it's kind of more specific to the person. Tell us a little bit about um, some of the differences, maybe from some of the other competition out there. Yeah, so, I mean, aside from the main USA stuff, I mean, that's just, you know, look into a company, see where their stuff is made, and then and then if you're, like, I want to buy American-made company, I mean, you should really, you're really looking to see outside. But beyond that, um, yeah, everything's handmade. Um, we've got a couple of big differences in tents um, than some, some competitors. I mean, if, if you're going floor versus floorless it's pretty obvious you know that's, that's one big difference um and and i think um maybe not everyone will agree with me but i think that it's it's a plus over floor just because you can walk in with your boots on don't have to worry about getting crap dirty um it's so much easier to clean and maintain and uh you know then it allows you for just this this different way of setting up your shelter um, that allows for more space, standing room, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, floor floorless is. I'll never go back to floor. I'll just put it that way. Um, you know, we've got some differences in our seam construction that's different from from our uh, closest competitors. Um, we got some differences in seam construction um, and the way that those seams are pitched and angled. Um, help battle wind and, and uh, buck weather off of them. So, you know, there's some difference there and just like the, the nitty gritty engineering stuff. Um, you know, and then we got some price differences, you know, we're, we're priced lower or higher than some others, um, you know, and then when we move into backpacks, uh, we, we definitely differentiated ourselves there um, just because uh, Kevin, Tim and Nathan Coleman, they're kind of like the, uh, backpacks is like their brainchild right yeah um i believe i believe they just got together one time on a hunt um basically had met each other over the internet or something like that um got together on a hunt and was like hey we should make these backpacks that are like this and they're like oh shit yeah that's a great idea let's do it and um so our backpacks are made out of what's called x-pack um and for those who don't know x-pack is, is a waterproof material um, more waterproof than Cordura in, in the, in that sense. Um, if you're trying to gauge, right. Um, we do have Cordura on our bags in some places like our, like our Merlin, which is like our day pack, um, is made out of Cordura, uh, pockets are usually made out of Cordura on our backpacks. Um, and so that X pack really allows for you to like ditch a rain, a rain cover for your backpack. I mean, I, I don't know of a person who is like, I would much rather have my, have my 
you know, rain cover on right now and have to deal with, you know, taking it on and off to get in and out of your bag, um, you know, taking your bag off to get into a pocket, you know, even if it's reached by just reaching back. Um, so with that X pack, you just, if it starts raining, I mean, maybe take out your rain jacket unless you've already got it on and go, you know, there's no putting on rain covers and taking off rain covers and dealing with that whole mess. So I really enjoy it. It just gives me one of those things where like, or if it's just like a, like a quick squall and I've got some layers on that, that allow me to be water resistant. Just don't even worry about the rain, man. Just keep (laughs) doing what you're doing. And, you know, and just know that all the stuff in your, in your backpack is, is going to stay, is going to stay dry. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and one, one thing I know is kind of, I guess not like totally unique, but I, th- I find pretty intriguing is some of the TP systems that you guys do. Uh, cause one of, cause mm-hmm. one of the guys that I work with here, Will Morgan, he, uh, him and his dad bought, um, one of the TPs from you guys. I can't remember if it's like an eight or a 10 person tent, but it's pretty huge, but it's pretty remarkable because it's, it's really lightweight and then you can cut your own poles and so you can still like hike in yep. with it and do a backcountry style hunt. And I think they got one of the stoves as well. Um, and those yeah. roll up really compact and light. So that's, that's a really interesting system to me because you can get, I think you guys make like a 20 some person TP down to something pretty small. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So in our TP style tents, we make a four, six, eight, 12, 16, and all the way up to 24. Um, and then we move into like those pyramid TP hybrids, which I talked about earlier, that mid quote unquote type of, uh, type of shelter. And then we've got something kind of, I mean, it's still a pyramid style, but it's super modular or a little bug out, um, system, which starts with base, which is basically like a tarp, um, with an open face on it. And uh, then you move into the base with connecting tarp, which, I mean, gets into like pup tent style um, tents. And then you can add another base on the other side and uh, or a vestibule and just start mixing and matching until you find the right one for you. And and uh, sometimes, you know, guys don't always know. So call in and, and we'll let you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the TP stove combos or, or whatever stove combo. I mean, they're just awesome, and that's kind of what differentiates us a little bit more from our competitors at our stove, you know. Um, everyone always talks about, you know, everything in your backpack has to have multiple functions or else, you know, you might as well get something else that is a multi-tool for that specific function, right? Yep. Um, so our stoves, I mean, let's forget about heating your TP even though it's awesome, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that it breaks down to almost flat, and then uh, on top of it, you can you can cook a meal, you can boil water to put into a, um, to put into a, uh, you know, mountain house or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it could totally eliminate the need for your propane burner or whatever, whatever else you have, little camp stove you have. Um, I mean, now... I won't run with a, with a propane burning stove unless it's something like, I just really don't want to want to make breakfast in the morning. I just want to get up and like eat a bar or just 
boil water like super quick because what those propane burners do is they boil water faster than than our stoves will yeah but if i've got the time if i've got five minutes to boil water you know or less maybe four or three um i'm i'm gonna go with the stove just because it's less weight that i have to add in my pack with those propane burners or or whatever else i've i've got to try to take up with me yeah that makes sense so so obviously kind of more of the teepee style would be kind of more of a base camp if you were hunting with multiple people and then maybe like some of your tarps and 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 kind of lightweight floorless stuff that's more for maybe geared more towards like a one or two person or a solo backcountry is that kind of how you kind of differentiate the product line yeah so um just to kind of give you an idea we have what's called the silver tip the lbo series which i kind of touched on um and then we move into stuff like the cimarron and the red cliff in that pyramid style yep. red cliff you're looking at six to three three with a stove six without cimarron you're looking at um four to two people two with a stove four without right um and then if you're looking for like solo i'd say like you look you're looking at more like silver tip one of the LBO variations, probably like a base and vestibule, um, or just like a straight up tarp. We sell tarps too, a DST, Colorado and a Gunnison. Colorado is like our big tarp. Um, Gunnison's like a little smaller. And then our DST is our is our kind of like do all tarp. So what the DST has is like a like a reinforcement cone in the middle where you can then stick a trekking pole up in the middle of the shelter and then a trekking pole on a corner or tie the corner up to a tree and stake out the other three corners. And you kind of got like a lean to um, what we call a diamond fly, diamond fly shelter. Um, and that's great for like solo, busy, you know, just those kinds of, uh, those kinds of hunting styles. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And then, and then some of the packs as well, you've got a different, kind of variation of those um in the lineup too so like what what do you recommend maybe more for like a multi-day hunt and then do you have some that are kind of more one or two day kind of weekend warrior type units as well tell us a little bit about that yeah so in the pack lineup our weekend warriors are definitely the peregrine and the goshawk the peregrine is a 3500 cubic inch backpack and the goshawk is a 4800 cubic inch backpack and they're both on what we call our revolution frame systems, um, which is a breakaway bag system. So um, I'm sure, you know, most hunters are looking for some sort of neat carriage um, system. And, and that's, and that's our, that's our meat carry system is that revolution um, system. Just because that bag can break away and you can add, a, you could put a load shelf higher or lower up on the, uh, up on the frame which is really nice, you know, if you want to carry that weight more up towards your shoulders and just have it centered there, um, that's more doable on our, on our revolution frame. Um, but then we move into those, those longer hunts and, and we are looking at, you know, the Brooks or the, uh, or the, uh, Broadwing or even the Saker. Those are seven to uh, 7,400 cubic inch backpacks. Um, uh, the Broadwing being the outlier at seven at seven thousand cubic inches, um, 
but those Brooks and Saker at 7,400 cubic inches are like your freaking expedition style backpack where you're going in for like a week, week and a half, you know, 10 days plus style backpack. And, and you've got to fit everything you need into one single backpack. And it's going to be one trip in one trip out type of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are, those are the backpacks for that. What the, uh, what the Saker and the, uh, Brooks have, um, I should say, I should say first that the Brooks is on a different platform than the revolution. So it's not a breakaway, but what we did with the Brooks for those people who wanted a frame that is solely attached to the backpack, what we did was add an internal load shelf. So now you still have a way to meet carry. Um, and then people, you know, will, well, usually they're like, well, what about blood on the inside of the, uh, on the inside of the bag? And and the good thing about that X pack material I was talking about earlier is it's all since it's waterproof. Um, get blood on the inside of the bag, take it home, rinse it out with a garden hose, and uh, and call it good. It's, yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna stink real bad like uh, Cordura really stinks if you let blood sit on it for a while. Um, you know, it, it just eliminates that. Um, but those, those guys are really cool cause we've got big, long pockets on the sides. Um, so usually what our backpacks are known for being, you know, a little minimal, not a whole lot of pockets, just kind of stuffing everything into, into one compartment and then taking it all out. Not worrying like, Oh, what pocket did I have my knife in? What pocket is my GPS in? You know, um, all just in, in one place. Um, but those side pockets allow for some really cool optics carry options. Um, water bladders can fit in there. And then what they also allow you to do is go from a day hunting mode to that full 74,000 cubic inch, you know, expedition hunting mode. Um, really with just folding, folding it in on itself and strapping it, you know, one way or the other. Um, and we've got tons of diagrams online. If you look up the Saker and the, and the Brooks, so yeah. that, I mean that if you're looking for like a versatile, really versatile backpack that can go from like that day pack, you know, just summit type deal to where you just got to get to one place and, and then sit in glass from your base camp or whatever, um, all the way to, you know, 10 days in and then you got to haul meat out, you know, or whatever you got to do. Um, that's, that's the backpack for that. You know, if, if you just want to buy one bag for a crap ton of things that, that's the way to go yeah yeah for sure now now did you yourself were you kind of into kind of bivy style backcountry hunting prior to going to seek outside or is this something that you've recently kind of come into now that you're working for the company yeah i've always been into it um you know my my dad got me into archery hunting um, I mean, well, he took me on archery hunts before I could even hunt really, but, but I really started getting into it, um, just around high school. Uh, that's when I really started kind of caring about archery hunting and, uh, then more and more as I went through college. Um, and yeah, we've always done it kind of backpack style. Not all of it required us to kind of stay the night in different places or, or, uh, or even stay the night in the woods at all. Sometimes like I said, with some of the public land access we had, sometimes it was like 
go to the mountains early in the morning, walk out like after shooting lights over and then go home, sleep, and then come back out and do it again. But, um, you know, there, there was times where we were staying the night on the mountain and, and, uh, now, now that's really all, all I'm into is getting out there, staying out there for as long as I can. Um, you know, just cause success is, is also increased the longer you stay out there, um, as well. So it's just, just kind of lends itself to that. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've talked about that before on the podcast where it's like you find yourself, um, four or five days in, and if you're only on a week hunt, you're coming down to the wire. But if you can get that two weeks, um, it really allows you to kind of get your foothold and, and disconnect from everyday life and really get into the zone. And, uh, so that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have the gear in order to stay out there, it's waterproof, it's lightweight, um, it's modular. You can certainly uh, do a lot more damage and uh, have increase your odds, I guess, when when um, when you have more time spent and because that's you're comfortable and you're prepared. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I like like last year. Um, I spent that good while out for the labor day weekend took a lot of time off for that kind of like as i was leaving one company and then getting ready to go to another so um i got a really really good hunt on that never harvested anything um got close a couple times to some mule deer which was like that was that's what it was for me it was a mule deer hunt and then i also had a buddy with me who had enough tech so we were trying to do two things at once and and, uh i think that's kind of what screwed us but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes it's just like all right you hunt and then i'll hunt but sometimes that's the best way to go but um um yeah then after that it was just like weekend warrior type stuff and it was super hard to get a foothold on anything because you get out into elk and next thing you know it's sunday sun's going down and they're just not quite obtainable yet yeah you're like well Hopefully they're right here next week, you know, and, and uh, sometimes that's not the, the easiest thing to do is to get back into elk after you've left them for five days and who knows what kind of pressure they got. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, so do you, do you see this whole like kind of backcountry solo hunting, um, bivy style, everything on your back? Do you see this as like kind of a, a growing trend? I mean, obviously your company's growing or else you wouldn't have 25 people working for you but um you know is that due to like do you see a trend in the hunting industry where more people are doing kind of more of that backcountry style expedition public land hunt or is it because um are you guys growing more because you're maybe getting into different industries of like kind of the mountain biking and the the climbers and the hikers and and that sort of um trend what what's kind of your take there you know i think i think both i think this whole you know, solo, um, bivy backpack hunting thing is definitely taking off, um, more so, you know, though, you know, than it was last year. I mean, I think it grows every year. Um, but we also, we also have hit some different markets, um, with our company, you know, we, we try to be inclusive, of all outdoor sports and activities. Yeah. Um, just because we think that this gear can really help all the people that we really try to try to touch or that we, you know, you know, look towards. Um, 
you know, even, even backcountry skiing, um, we, one of our ambassadors is just an epic backcountry skier, um, takes a helicopter in sometimes or rides a snowmobile in and, and stays in the, uh, you know, stays in the old SOTP, um, with a stove, but yeah. you know, I mean, it, it works for that. And, you know, and why not try to, uh, you know, make some people's backcountry experiences better with your gear, even though they're in like, you know, a, a different industry. I mean, hunt, hunting is definitely our, our biggest industry that, that we sell to, um, backcountry hunters definitely buy our stuff more than, more than the others. But, um, you know, those other companies or those other, uh, customers are, you know, just as in need of great backcountry gear as everyone else. And we try to be inclusive of everyone when we look at making products we're like okay you know this is good for for hunters and everything but you know just making sure that okay it really will be good for these guys over here or if we make another product okay that'll be good for these guys over here and and kind of just like i said be all inclusive kind of deal yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense um so like transitioning kind of back to maybe a little bit of bit of strategy here um like what what's kind of your take on if you were to go in um and set up a like if it's a you and a buddy or whatever setting up a base camp um whether it's mule deer or elk i mean are there certain scenarios that you're looking for in order to like kind of set up camp like obviously something maybe a little bit flatter closer to water um close to the animals are you on a on a ridge or are you down low um you probably get those questions a little bit from some of the customers but i was just wondering kind of you know maybe what's your take on on setting up kind of a, a backcountry camp and kind of what you look for as an ideal location yeah so so levelness of a location is definitely <laughs> number <key>. one <laughs> um if not you know uh just kind of point your head uphill <laughs> um, but, but after that, um, you know, you want to be close to water, but not super close to water because then you start getting into like condensation issues. So that's another question that we get is like, okay, what about condensation? I hear that, I hear that's a big issue with these tents and sometimes like, you know, you can get wet on the inside because of this condensation building up on the inside. And there's, and there's things you can do to, to uh, prevent that, like, not camping right next to a creek it's crazy how more dry your tent will be camping 50 yards up from a creek bed you know than camping right next to the creek that makes sense i've never never even thought about that before yeah it's just wet down there i don't know like i don't know how (laughs) to explain it other than it's wet um (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so don't camp next to creek bed. Like, if you're on really lush grass, that grass is getting, like, let off dew in the morning, right? Yeah. Um, those, so those, uh, that condensation can be attributed to that. Um, but I'm not saying avoid lush grass, because that's what I sleep on. Um, <laughs> just got to put ground tarps down. That's another thing, like, when I take shelters out, that's kind of like my setup idea is, okay, well, I'm going to have a ground tarp, my sleeping pad, my sleeping bag and then obviously me and sleeping bag, but that's kind of, that's kind of my, my deal of doing it. Um, just and take that, out one of our ground tarps. 
Yeah, and that ground tarp, um, can that also have kind of a multi-purpose maybe for when you're quartering out an animal and you want to lay um, quarters on that or meat, kind of keep keep the dirt off of things? Is that something they use that for too? Yeah, yeah, you can take it out, set it up while you're glassing to stay in the shade, and then uh, go kill something and then, yeah, lay quarters on it and, and uh, you know, while they're put it in the shade and lay quarters on it so they can cool off, but um yeah that, that's another one of those multi-purpose kind of multi-tool type deals um that you know you hear a lot of people talking about like everything's got to do multiple functions yeah yeah makes sense and what about what about like elevation for for hunting i mean do you prefer to set up somewhere maybe um top of a ridge midway down down in a valley um talk to us a little bit about kind of location as far as elevation goes Yeah, that one's one's kind of like a case-by-case basis. But I think if I could help it, I would try to stay on top of a ridge more often than not. And this is just me. Other guys might be like, that's dumb. But like, (laughs) just because like if I'm going to try to then get up on that ridge, then go somewhere, it's just like one less thing I got to do in the morning. Yeah. Um, And for me, like mornings are the most important, right? And I think for everyone really, yeah. you know, most animals I feel like are gotten into or killed in the morning or, you know, late in the evening. But, um, it's not always the case, but like I said, if I could help it, I'd probably try to stay on top. And then if not, um, maybe somewhere like some happy medium type deal. Um, this year I have a base camp for an elk hunt that I know I am camping at the bottom. And that's just because on top of the ridge, there is a huge highway. I mean, animals just use it freaking nonstop. Um, I call it the expressway. <laughs> uh, that's, that's like, it's like traffic, animal traffic on that ridge. Um, so I know I'm going to camp in the bottom because back there in the bowl, there's always animals. And I don't want to camp back in the bowl. I don't want to camp close. And I don't want to camp on top of the ridge because I'll be sleeping there at night. And, you know, I'll come by and be like, that smells weird. Out of here, right? (laughs) (laughs) Blow them Um, out. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's just one of those cases where I just know I'm going to be camping at the bottom. And then if I got to go get anything, I got to go uphill to go get it. And, yeah, I think a lot of people have that kind of tendency. Um, for this mule deer hunt, I will probably be staying not too far from high spots. Uh, maybe not right on top of a ridge, um, but not too far. One, because, like, everyone... You hear a lot of people talk about, and even I was like doing research, like listening to podcasts about tactics. Um, even if you think you know a lot, you don't know enough type of deal, you know. <laughs> just got to um, get out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. You just got to keep doing it year after year, listen to people, try it out. Shit, that didn't work for this spot, right? Yeah. Always seems to be the case. It didn't work out for this spot. Um, um, but yeah, listen to some podcasts and, you know, all those old KG bucks as I feel like everyone puts it. Um, you know, 
if you think you're not being watched, you probably are. Um, so I'm going to try to stay in spots where I'm less likely to be seen moving around, getting up in the morning, um, and then move to a spot stealthily and, uh, and start to glass in the morning. So I'm not really being watched. Right. Um, and then move and then go from there and then make game plans based on, based on what I see in the train in front of me. But, um, that's just kind of like the two differences between where I kind of want to set up or don't want to set up. Um, as far as the shelters go, like setting up in one spot more than another because of a shelter or the type of shelter. Um, you know, I'm not really too picky because our shelters can handle a lot of wind. You know, if you're, if you're staying on a ridge and it's above tree line and you're just getting hammered by wind, um, probably won't sleep a lot at night just cause like that wind, no matter what you're in is not very conducive to like sleeping. But, um, I mean, you're going to have a, you're going to have a shelter over top of you. Um, and it's going to protect you from the gusts and the, uh, and the rain. So, um, I'm not really too concerned about setting up on a shelter standpoint. Um, I just kind of find, like I said, look for flat ground, kind of out of a creek bed. Do I got enough space? Yep. Okay. Do I think this is close enough, but not too far into animals that I'm going to like mess with anything throughout the night? Um, you know, making dinner or whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. So this is where, you know, I'll put it here and that's kind of like how I go about it. Um, I feel like a lot of people would agree. Maybe not. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Makes, makes total sense. And, um, you know, for like beginners too, I mean, a lot of this stuff, whether it's, you know, backpacks and, and these stoves and, and tents and tarps and all that stuff, it's kind of semi technical gear, right? Like you got, you kind of got to know what you're doing and after you kind of do it a little bit, you get the hang of it. But, um, is that something that you kind of tell people too? like, Hey, maybe you should do a little weekend overnighter with this stuff before you really get back into <laughs> a full week of hunting and, you know, kind of stuff's on the line. Um, is that something you recommend doing some dry runs, practicing in your yard, that stuff to kind of get the hang of a system and a setup and how things operate? Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest like for, for, for a person who's just starting out, like what should they do to get ready, get their stuff ready, make sure everything they wanted it to be, um, like get it in the spring. If you have a spring hunt that you can do that you're not really worried about, you know, like a spring turkey hunt. Yeah. You just want to go out and get practice setting up as quick as you can and kind of seeing how it handles and, and, oh yeah, you know, if I camp next to a creek, it really is a lot more, there is a lot more conversation than if I don't camp next to a creek type of deal, you know, um, you know, make, make sure I'm, I'm, uh, telling the truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, do some dry runs throughout the spring and the summer and, and, uh, and just really make sure and um you know i mean that would would be the the number one thing i could say i usually try to do that this year kind of felt the wayside 
um, did some like remodel stuff to a house. So <laughs> I was like, <sighs> it's time, man. You never have, have enough. All the money. I know, or enough money. I feel like the most important, <laughs> two most yeah. important things in, in the world as it seems to be. Um, you know, yeah, I never have enough of those two things. So kind of got everything working against me yeah exactly exactly but yeah like you said getting out there and at least doing doing some dry runs doing some test runs kind of working out the kinks um you know will certainly help when you actually get out there and do it for sure yeah and even if and even if you can't get out there like if you're like okay i seem sealed my tent myself and i just want to make sure i'm not gonna get wet when i'm out there right um set it up in the yard and and if you have a a little one, like just give them the hose with a with a <laughs> nozzle on it to sh- set to shower, and just be like go nuts, just spray the tent, and I'm sure they'll have a blast out of it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know you can sit inside and kind of and kind of watch and make sure. And then and if you have any issues, and then you call in like, hey, what did I do wrong? And we'll just like, oh, make sure you hit this spot. And they're like, oh, forgot. Yeah, I'll do it. You know type of deal um so i mean even setting stuff up in your yard and like i know one guy he called in and was like yeah i set it up you know i was just like time trialing myself setting it up in the yard just in case like storms were rolling in i really needed to get you know get out of the weather fast i was like that is dedication <laughs> yeah that guy's <laughs> really getting after everything <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah, yeah well that's one thing i've noticed but, on I mean, your website things that's important to him yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing I yeah. noticed on your website too. You guys got a lot of good videos that kind of walk you through the setup and overview of the product and and cool stuff like that. So that's something something to keep in mind too. I mean, get on there and look at all the different videos and and uh, helpful resources because you guys have a really cool website. Yeah, yeah, and we're always adding more to that. Um, like I've got a list here um that we you know we either we want to redo videos because something has changed from three years ago or um you know we just want to make it look better you know it just explains them a little bit more or it just hasn't been done yet and then one thing we also added like if you're looking at tents you're like man i just really don't know which size to buy um we added um a vr look around module on our website so you can get on there um, kind of use your, use your mouse and scroll around, look, look around inside the tent. And, uh, we've got some call outs there telling you what things are and, and everything and see a product that's in there and like, Oh, the stove, I don't know what kind of stove that is. You can click on it and it'll take you to the stove and tell you what it is. Um, then you can get on your mobile device and most likely a phone, you know, and, uh, go to that same page. And then you're able to put it into like VR headsets. Wow. So, you know, yeah, if you want to have some fun, like I said, with the kids and they got a VR headset, you go on your phone, plug in a SO tent into a, into a pair of VR goggles with your phone. And that's like you're camping right, right there in your living room. And then, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really to, uh, it's really to get a sense of size and you know some of the features that are included in, in the tents and uh and what all that and how all that goes really um so that's always an option if, if you're having a hard time like figuring out what you really want yeah yeah that's really cool um so where can we find you um tell us the website social media and then um uh, 
maybe your showroom a little bit too. Maybe some of the hours of that where people can go if they're in Colorado. Yeah. So you find us at www.seekoutside.com and, um, on Instagram, it's just seek outside. Um, same thing with Facebook and then on YouTube where a lot of those how to videos live as well is seek outside gear. Um, and then our showroom, Monday through Friday, Friday from 8 to noon, I think, um, 8 to 5 for the rest of the week. Um, and then it's just like a really, really important thing. Like if you're going to come out here from Maine and you're like, man, I'm only going to be here Saturday and Sunday. Let us know because we might be able to work something out, you know, um, this year, we're trying to go to some more shows as well. We don't really know what that list is, but if you guys follow us, um, we'll put out a show list um, on social media and on our website and just kind of tell everyone, you know, where we're going to be at, where they can demo tents, um, if it'll, if the space will allow for a tent demo. Um, same with backpacks. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And are, are you guys direct to consumer or do you sell through retailers? Yeah, so we do have some retailers um, that can be found on our website. But um, just to kind of do an overview real quick, we got one in uh, Jackson Hole, JD High Country, um, Las Vegas, Go Hunt. And uh, we got one up in Montana, in uh, Missoula. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. But yeah, that whole list is um is on the uh is on the uh website under i think it's all the way at the bottom and it's, and it's just a page called retailers nice nice very yeah. cool um well good stuff lee and before we before we drop off here i know you said you've got a mule deer hunt coming up here for archery season but any any plans after that any late season rifle any out-of-state hunting um what's what's on tap for this fall um, yeah, so I'm going to pick up an OTC elk tag, um, and do that every year. Uh, been putting in for a good elk unit, but since until then, I'll just <laughs> put in, go I'll battle it out with the, and, yeah, yeah. I'll do that public land, the public land shuffle with everyone else. <laughs> um, um, which I don't mind doing. Um, you know, it, I think it adds a level of differentiality to everything i mean one year there's people people in your unit the next year there's not and then you gotta go you know do something else or, or whatever but then um maybe maybe a rifle an over-the-counter uh cow tag just to fill the freezer mm-hmm. um sick and tired of buying um <laughs> package you know, store-bought meat yeah, yeah, man. I'm trying to do the whole switch. I've like started a garden, got a vineyard. Nice. Try to make my own booze. I'm, cu- I'm coming over for <laughs> but, some. Uh, yeah, I'm coming over for some drinking yeah, after you get that wine. done. Yeah, <laughs> heck yeah, dude. Come on down. But um, um, yeah, I'm trying to do the whole whole do it yourself deal. Um, but then as far as out of state, man, I don't think so. I think next year we're gonna try to go up to British Columbia. We were gonna try to do Alaska, but. Just don't think it's going to work out with the price tag, but um, looks like British Columbia might be a might be a doable thing. Nice, nice. 
Very cool, man. Well, yeah, definitely good good luck to you this fall and all that stuff. And um, at some point here soon, I will stop in and I'll let you know uh, when that'll be. But I would love to, love to meet you, see what's going on, uh, find out some additional Absolutely. information. But yeah, until then, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Lee. And and uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on it at some point, maybe some new gear for next year or some strategy or whatever. So if you're open to that, love to have you back on. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to love to come back on and let you guys know about new products. Um, we're not trying to create new products, so I'll let you know. Keep you in the loop. If I, if I learn of any new juicy tidbits on strategy, I'll <laughs> I'll uh, make sure to hit you up and, and uh, tell you tell you all I've learned. Yeah. Share all your secrets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not all of them. <laughs> not all. Maybe yeah, got to keep a few close uh, close close <laughs> yep. quarters. Can't let yeah. them all out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, well, no. No, I'm pretty open, man. Well, cool. Well, I really appreciate it, Lee. You have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, you too, Adam. Talk to you later. All right, and there it is, another episode in the books. Thanks again to Lee for coming on the show. Make sure to check out Seek Outside. Uh, lots of cool products, lots of good backcountry-style hunting equipment from packs, tents, stoves, all that good stuff. So make sure you check them out, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and look them up, seekoutside.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, if you if you like what you're hearing, definitely that five-star review. Much, much appreciated. Subscribe. You can go to sportsnation.com. Subscribe that way. Uh, the, for the guys and gals that are heading out in a couple weeks to Colorado and wherever you're at in the country, good luck to you guys. I know Utah's kicking off here this coming weekend, and um, all the other states are following close behind. So good luck to everybody. Um, this podcast brought to you by one of our sponsors, Heads Up Decoy. Uh, great, lightweight, packable decoys. Uh, I'll have the elk cow elk decoy with me especially for opening weekend and as well as through the rut you know it's definitely an advantage have something packable and and give you that little edge for calling in those public land bulls check them out headsupdecoy.com um yeah that is it i won't bore you anymore and you guys are awesome love you thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon 